Welcome back to Tailboard Meetings with Jesus. This is episode 64. We'll be continuing in our lessons from the commands of Christ. Today we're going to talk about go to offenders. You know, every fire department typically has uh, some type of discipline procedure. You know, uh, the fire department is based on a, a quasi-military style rank of order and leadership and discipline. And order as well as discipline is a must. Those who find themselves on the wrong side of orders, whether special orders or memorandums, will usually have to appear before a board who would determine their guilt or their innocence. Without a disciplinary process, our departments would be operating under chaos. God has placed a disciplinary process for church members also. Since we live in a fallen world, problems and controversies will eventually surface in a local church. God has set up a system to make the process seamless and beneficial to restoring right relationships within the church. So let's turn to our scripture and our command and see what exactly it says. In Matthew 18, verses 15 through 17, it says this, If your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. If he listens to you, you have gained your brother. But if he does not listen, take one or two others along with you, that every charge may be established by the evidence of two or three witnesses. If he refuses to listen to them, tell it to the church. And if he refuses to listen even to the church, let him be as you as a Gentile and a tax collector. Notice here that there's a logical progression one must take if another person in the church has offended you. First, one-on-one, second, with several witnesses, and finally, in front of the whole congregation. If we violate this simple principle, it always leads to rumors and hard feelings. Our God is a God of order and not a God of chaos. This command that's given here is between two brothers, or better said, between two disciples. You only serious allegations should start this process. You know, if the erring brother or sister changes their way, then the matter should be dropped and never discussed again. Firefighters and first responders love to go to social media for bashing folks they're upset with, and this practice should never happen in the church. Remember, church is a term for the people, not the building. The person who has committed the fault is encouraged to change their way and continue in the community. If we go deeper in this, in verses 21 and 22, we find that they're concerned with the disciples' reaction to a personal offense against him or her. In verses 15 through 17, the problem is a brother or sister who has committed a sin against you. This section does not deal with calling out the sins of others, only the ones committed against you personally. 
The main point of this section is the brother or sister's sin and not so much the breakdown of the relationship. We are not to ignore the fault, but rather, rather we are to confront it, and here's the important part, in a godly manner. Our hope should be that the erring brother or sister will repent of their sin and turn from their way. Our goal is to rescue a fellow disciple who's heading towards spiritual trouble. Our first course of action and prayerfully our last should be to go to the individual who has sinned against you. Only if the above methods break down do we widen our scope of influence and go to two or three witnesses. This verbiage hearkens of Deuteronomy in the law when it states, every charge may be established by the evidence of two or three witnesses. And then we see finally the whole church is to get involved. This is the ultimate level of persuasion for change which would lead to repentance. There is here no sense of discipline as with other sections of the Bible. We are only encouraged to keep our distance like the Jews who kept a distance from tax collectors and Gentiles. No need for us to commit a sin in how we deal with the individual after the church pleads their case. We don't need a sermon illustration, rants on social media, or to gossip about the individual. The Bible only encourages us to keep our distance. We should simply stop fellowshipping with that individual. Titus 3, 9 and 11 says, But avoid foolish controversies, dissensions and quarrels about the law, for they are, un for our they are unprofitable and worthless. As for a person who stirs up division after warning him once and then twice, have nothing more to do with him, knowing that such a person is warped and sinful. He is self-condemned. In 1 Corinthians 5.11 it says, But now I am writing to you not to associate with anyone who bears the name of a brother if he is guilty of sexual immorality, greed, or idolatry, a reveler, drunkard, or swilder, not even to eat with such. Galatians 6.1 says, Brothers, if anyone is caught in any transgression, you who are spiritually should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. Keep watch on yourself, lest you too be tempted. As Christian firefighters and first responders, we need to emulate Jesus Christ in our departments. When we have disputes with others or other believers, it is easy for others to get turned off from Christianity if we handle it in the wrong way. Christ calls us to a higher standard. We must learn to walk within that standard and be pleasing to God in everything we say or do. Have you ever been upset at a brother or sister for something they did to you that wasn't a sin? What did you do? Did you handle it the right way? 
or the wrong way. Remember, we're called to handle those situations in a godly way, in order. Hebrews 12, 11 tells us this. For the moment, all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant, but later it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. Discipline is important and must be done as long as it's done the right way. (coughs) Handle it the right way. When someone does you wrong, do it the right way. Don't talk about them. Handle it in a godly way. That's what he calls me and you to do.